0: Explain what
1: Mitty, how are you doing today, man?
0: Fine, thank you yourself.
1: I'm doing good. I really appreciate you taking the time and coming on the podcast to, to talk to these phenomenal listeners. Um, why don't you just introduce yourself to the to the listeners so they can like kind of get an outlook on who we're talking to today?
0: Hi My name is uh, Robert Smith from a tiny island called American Samoa. I'm married to Nelly. I have four beautiful girls. Uh, currently a first sergeant in C Troop, best troop in brigade. I don't know about that. I've <laughs> uh, been in the Army 16 years, planning to make this a career, four or 10 more years left, and get out.
1: So, how, how stressful is it knowing that your four girls are going to give you a lot of trouble <laughs> when they grow up? Uh, and You you just had twins, was it? In, uh, last girls were twins, right?
0: Yes, yes. I have nice uh, twins that are turning to this year I want to say a lot of stress so I would say a lot of blessing uh, they love me I love them to death and just gotta gotta buy some guns when we get back <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> where are you going next where are you going next
0: I'm going to Fort Polk uh oh. 10th Mountain the army said I needed to go there to, to fix it so great unit heard none but great things about <laughs> 10th Mountain and Fort Polk so I'm pretty excited
1: I feel like when people ask you where you're going, you sh- don't don't say a four pole, just say tenth mountain.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just try to accept it.
1: Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean we're gonna we're gonna go into the traditional gunnet and I'm gonna hit you with some questions, kinda warm up to the whole interview, all right? Go ahead, send it. uh, what's your favorite alcoholic beverage?
0: Jameson, uh top it's like triple it's like the top shelf one.
1: Are you fancy fancy?
0: No, nah, I only get it like once a month it's pretty good
1: once a month <laughs> uh best gift you have ever received
0: i would say best gift would be definitely the the daughters uh, best gift but if you're talking about material stuff i would say the weights in my basement <laughs> uh with all this cover thing uh the weights definitely helped me maintain
1: um, if you could sit at a bar and have one drink with anyone in the world, who would it be, and what would you be drinking, and why that person?
0: <laughs> one person at the bar, I would say my wife. Cause um, come on,
1: give me give me some more creative than that.
0: It's it's her. Like it's been a long time we've been to the bar and with all the kids. We <laughs> I. But if you're talking someone inspirational, uh, military type or anybody you want, man, besides your wife. I would say my mom. And the reason why I picked my mom is her her background. She started off pretty rough and she's at a good place right now. She has a church back in Samoa. And I just want to know like how she 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 changed her life from how she was to, to where she's at right now. Hmm. And I think that's pretty impressive.
1: Uh, what's your biggest pet peeve?
0: Biggest pet peeve would be hands in a pocket in oh Garrison. Oh, my God. I would say Garrison. Like, in a field, you could put your hands in a pocket all day, pull out chem lights or something. But back in Garrison, uh, I think it just gives – it doesn't give, like, a, a good professional military look.
1: I love putting my hands in my pockets.
0: I know. That's why I hate it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> What's the one field snack that you cannot forget to bring to the field, obviously?
0: Uh, it's definitely gum. Uh, gum is – it's something I picked up in ranger school and it just keeps me busy, keeps me awake, focused a little bit with a little sugar rush.
1: Yeah. Uh, if you had the power to change any regulation or to add any regulation, what, it, what would it be? I would say- Hands in th- pockets. Th-
0: nah, I would say the tape. Uh, every time I get tape, like every after every APFT I get tape
1: yeah, that shit pissed me and off. And
0: I think they just need to change the the scaling, uh, I guess, because people are getting bigger now, muscles heavier than, than fat, so I just don't want to get taped every time.
1: Yeah, that shit kind of annoying. Uh, if you were president for a day, what would you do? If Got I him. was
0: president for a day, I'd definitely try to hit, stop by every military post and just, just talk to to the service members and and those serving uh ever since i've been in 16 years i only seen a president uh once i have and never it was seen a president <laughs> it was my during life. uh during d-day 75 and i think if he did like probably once a year just stop by post and tell everyone that they're actually doing a great job and continue to fight for the country i think that'd be great
1: yeah wait who'd you see
0: i seen president trump at uh 75th oh,
1: anniversary. oh it was what last year yep last year yeah. I want to go to that so bad. <laughs> um, if you are on death row, what would be your last meal?
0: My last meal would definitely be uh, beef soup. Uh, it's corned beef. It's it's one of the uh, dishes back home, corned <laughs> beef with uh, gravy. Wait, what is it called? And sticky rice. Beef soup.
1: Beef soup. Yeah. Does your wife know how to make that?
0: Oh, yeah. It's just we don't have bisupo here.
1: Oh. That sucks. Uh, what is the one skill set that you wish you had but you currently don't? Nothing like superpowers, like something realistic.
0: I would say singing. Singing? Yeah, singing. Uh, because <laughs> every time I try to put the, the girls to sleep, when I sing, it doesn't really work. It usually just wakes them up even more. But <laughs> I, if I had the <laughs> power to sing, I'd uh, definitely put them to sleep and save me long nights.
1: Uh, yeah, uh... What is your biggest failure in life?
0: Biggest failure.
1: Got him. Yeah. So
0: I started I started understanding this leadership thing uh, a little bit too late and I wish I knew how to take care of soldiers a little bit better when I was a sergeant. And I think I would have developed a lot more better uh, leaders uh, than, I, than I did. So I would say go back and and focus more on developing leaders instead of accomplishing tasks.
1: Mm-hmm. What is w- the last thing you did in public and you were glad that nobody was watching? <laughs>
0: there's, a, there's a lot of things, but there's this one time I was in the gym and I was doing sit-ups, right? I was supposed to do four sets, crutches, and oh, no, all was sit-ups. Four sets. I I stopped at two sets because uh, something <laughs> slipped out. Uh, it was gas, <laughs> thank God. It was gas. I did wipe the, the the machine down. Then I went away real quick. But that was, I was I, I was happy no one was around.
1: Yeah, that's that's funny. That's funny. Um. <laughs> Uh, what is the one thing that you believe to be a subject matter expert in definitely not being a first sergeant.
0: no i'm st- i'm still learning that one but i don't i wouldn't say i'm subject matter expert on on anything because there has to be one there has I to be I I something you have an e i b right yeah but i I had to learn a lot and I'm still learning uh, on how to be an expert on anything but if there's one thing that I would pick, it'd be
1: listening. Be an active listener.
0: Active listener, yeah. Because being a first sergeant, I definitely have a lot of hours and time put in the, the listening to people. And I, th- I think I think I'm doing pretty good trying to understand what they're trying to say. Uh, it's like I stated earlier, uh, focus more on development of uh, leaders. I know that's a little vague, but. So I started this this new thing every every Wednesday. I have, like, uh, it started out Team Leader Breakfast. Uh, it's slowly transitioning into a Team Leader Lunch. Dude, let me,
1: let me come on. And, Thursday.
0: And that's when I have my Team Leaders there, and I and I actually teach them awards and COERs and stuff like that. So if I started like at the at, troop. At the at the troop. It was at Defect, now we're shifting over to a troop. That's dope. Yeah. I'll come
1: through on Thursday. This Thursday? Yeah. No, Wednesday. I'll come through on Wednesday. All right.
0: I'll let you know we're, we're we're supposed to talk about finance especially mainly about uh TSP
1: okay that's dope that's dope I'm definitely gonna put that in my, my toolkit and the last one what is the best piece of advice that you can give to someone
0: best piece of advice is I'd say trust trust your subordinates trust your leaders um, uh, because we, we tend uh, to try to do everything ourselves and then we get overwhelmed or overloaded with, with all the tasks. And I think if, if we just trust our subordinates and leaders and empower them, I think that that'll make your life a little bit easier.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that finished off the gunnet. I think that was a good warm up, and we're going to kick it off to the interview, but, um, yeah, just now you can just go a little bit more, like, because everybody, everybody has that one thing that made them want to join the Army, like, I don't know, a book, a movie, family, tradition. Like, what what was your call? Like, what what made you want to join the military? So military
0: has always been a thing in my family since, since I was born. Both parents in the military. Uh, mom retired uh, reserve. My father got out active. And it's, it's just always been a thing that I wanted to do. I just grew up eating MREs, <laughs> running around with guns. <laughs> that's why you're big? The MRE still tastes the same, though, back,
1: <laughs> back then and now.
0: But, yeah, uh, just growing up, seeing what my mom was doing, and I just want to be like that.
1: Why'd you pick the Army or Did you ch- go talk to other branches?
0: Uh, no, so I took, the, I took the test. And originally I wanted to be reserve, and that's the only branch that was in Samoa at the time. And I wanted to go reserve and then go to school, and then once I joined and then I did my first deployment with them, then I transitioned over to, to active duty. But Army's always been
1: mm-hmm. a, a choice. And how was that first deployment?
0: Uh, first deployment was, I'd say, one of my, my favorite deployments just because I deployed with uh, the Samoa Company and Hawaii National Guard. I mm-hmm. correction, Hawaii Reserve.
1: I mean, where'd you go?
0: Oh, yeah, I went to Balad, Iraq. Uh, we were in uh, Camp Anaconda. We ran patrols out, out of the LSA, just around uh, the province out there.
1: And what year was that?
0: It was 2005 to
1: 2006. Oh. She, was, she was getting bad that time.
0: It was, it was a little bit up north, so it was like probably one IED a week. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't as bad as Baghdad, but we definitely took some casualties up there.
1: Yeah. Did you lose anybody on that deployment? Uh, We
0: lost uh, a few soldiers. Uh, The one big one that that always stuck with me was uh, Staff Sergeant in TIE, uh, just because he was Samoan. Mm -hmm. And I I regularly see him around, and it was just kind of crazy not seeing him around after that.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean— how was your career after that? Like, where has she been? Where has she deployed to and stuff like that? Schools?
0: Uh, so, after that deployment, like I said, 2006 in, in March, I transitioned over to active duty. I was stationed in Fort Bliss, 1st Cav. At the time, it was in Fort Bliss. Uh, so, I was there, 4th Brigade, 27 Cav. Deployed in October. 2006 with them to Mosul. Uh, that deployment right there was uh, one of the craziest ones, though. That was probably like three to five IEDs a day <laughs> or every yeah, other that day. Sucks. Yeah, I definitely thought I was going to die on that one. Um, lost a lot up there. Uh, came back from return from that deployment in 2007. It was a 15 month deployment. Reflagged. Uh, first armor still in Fort Bliss Mm -hmm. and then deployed with them to Iraq uh, for the third time Uh, at that point uh, we transitioned over to just training Iraqi army and then after that deployment got orders to Fort Bliss third ID correction Fort Benning third ID Mm -hmm. and then I did a rotation with them to Kuwait I was there from 2010 to 2013. Then I became an RI, fourth RTB, uh, fourth. When?
1: When, when, did you, when did you go to writing School? Were you in uh, Fort Benning or?
0: Yeah, I, I was. I was in uh, Fort Benning, third ID. It was in 2000, ending of 2011, and graduated in
1: 2012. Uh huh. Yeah. What's your class date? Class number?
0: I definitely don't know. It's on. It's <laughs> on my plaque though. <laughs> it's on my plaque. Uh. I recycled a couple times, so I, my number changed a couple times.
1: Um, I know, I know, cause you told me this story one time about when you when you got dropped from Ranger School. Yeah. And then you went back, but how was that? Like, why'd you get dropped, and what made you want to
0: go back? So when I first, when I first showed up to the unit, my first sergeant said, "Hey, you have two choices: you have Mike Golf, Master Gunner, or you have Ranger School." I was like, okay, I'll just, I'll just go to ranger school. He's like, okay, you go to the next two classes. I was <laughs> like, oh man, I need to start running. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I trained up for the five mile run. Uh, I passed that, but what I didn't train up for was the, the smoke session that, <laughs> that came when people didn't know, listen. I don't, I don't know how you, tra- you train up for that. I mean, you just, yeah, you just take it. Yeah, you just got to do it. You just got to do white squats every day. Uh, so, anyways, I, I failed the ruck march the first time, and then I went back, and it was during October, and I told my wife, told Nellie, I was like, hey, um, I think I'm just gonna go to summertime. <laughs> and then she's, she looked at me, and she's like, are you quitting? I was like, no, <laughs> it's just it's just cold. Like, I'm just gonna go when it's, when it's a little warmer. And she's like, hey, I know you, I know you're not a quitter. You gotta go back and get it. <laughs> and then, two weeks later, I was back in the next class, Dude. getting it, and then I never, I never left ranger school until I got it.
1: How many days were you there? You remember that?
0: No, but it was about five months.
1: Damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: so I definitely uh, recycled Darby and Florida.
1: Oh, that sucks. If you could go back and do a phase, which one would you do?
0: Um, because I already did Darby and Florida, I probably redo mountains because I did, I only did mountains once, so out.
1: What's the easiest phase though?
0: Uh, the easiest phase was Florida phase, uh, just because you know you're at the end, yeah. and that was the last phase. So it was, it was pretty. Florida was, uh, I want to say, the best phase. I learned okay. a lot.
1: Well, transitioning, how, how was your transitioning transition from the, from the research? Because what I hear is different than what we do in active duty. Like, how was all that? Uh, yeah,
0: it was it was kind of scary at first, uh, just because. Coming from reserve and then stereotype, how, you know how people put you as, oh, uh, you're a weekend warrior yeah, or whatever. you're a fat um, piece of shit. Yeah, <laughs> you grow mustaches. But it was it was different. Uh, I was lucky because I just got back from a deployment. Um, mm-hmm. It was like two months before. So, so it was a little bit easier transition coming off of constantly being at, on active status to active duty. But... The unit they did resent me a little bit just because, you know, you're like the the new guy. Yeah. But you're not just a new guy, you're a new guy that's from the reserve. <laughs> 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 so yeah. I, I had to, I had to prove myself. I had to I had to prove myself a lot.
1: I mean how, how did they treat you when you first got there?
0: Uh so when I first got there, uh I was with the company for I wanna say two months, and then it came down, a detail came down that sergeant major, I mean, the colonel needed a, a driver. Mm. The first name on a chalking block <laughs> was that dude from the reserve. Uh, so <laughs> they sent me over there to be the, the the colonel's driver. And then during the interview process, our sergeant major asked me, he was like, hey, do you want to be here? I said, no. And he's like, okay, you're hired because I don't <laughs> want people that, that want to be here. Then I became the driver. <laughs> so uh, I did that the whole deployment. How was that experience,
1: like driving him around?
0: It's... it's I thought it was pretty good. Uh seeing it from a different perspective. Uh, do you think do you think you
1: were being taken away from the fight or
0: no. So we had a we had a lieutenant colonel that wanted to be in a fight majority of the time and it was during a surge. Remind so me of someone Yeah, he was uh he was definitely out there. We're out there every almost every other day or every day. Uh, and we had a Sergeant Major, uh, Command Sergeant Major Pippen. He was from regiment. So he had a yeah, big dip in his mouth, and he was always out there. Yeah, that's crazy. In the action.
1: Uh, when digging a little bit into Ranger School, right? Um, what because I want I want this episode. I want to make kind of look, since you were an RI, yeah. you kind of have a little different perspective on Ranger School. You have that. But what are what are some some challenges mm-hmm. that you that you often see can, candidates go through when they're at school? Like what is something very common that they always mistaken? Uh,
0: so I would say majority of the candidates that do go through, and why why derby phase is always the hardest phase is because they 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 don't treat it like it's real, mm-hmm. and that's that's with any training event, uh, live fires or ranger school whatever, if you honestly treat like that reactive contact that is that someone's actually shooting at you, you automatically get behind cover, you're getting a prone. You give out the 3Ds because someone is, like, shooting you, mm-hmm. shooting at you. Uh, when you don't treat it like it's real, it's, you're going to have a hard time because you're trying to get that goal instead of that, that training experience mm-hmm. that you're supposed to get. So treat it like it's real, and I'm pretty sure they'll, they'll make it through.
1: Mm-hmm. And Gradu- not just graduating ranger school and also having uh, being a ranger instructor, how did that help you in becoming the leader that you are? Like, what are some things that you learned that you still take to this day? Uh,
0: Ranger school. I had, a, I had a lot of great leaders uh, coming up in the Army. Uh, a lot I wanted uh, to emulate, and then a lot I, I took what not to do from.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Ranger school taught me a lot about myself, what I wanted to work on, what I should work on. And then... Being an R.I. taught me how to communicate and connect with with people a little bit better to try to make sure that they reach their whatever goal that they're trying to get. Mm -hmm. So, to answer your question, like, how it made me, it made me, my expectation a little bit higher. So, my expectation... I know that.
1: I know that from... From working for you for a, yeah. Long, for a while,
0: yeah, and that's that th- that that's anything you do. Just because people see you at the Ranger tab, they automatically hold you to a high, high expectation, mm-hmm. and then you you hold yourself to a high expectation because other people hold you to a high expectation. Mm-hmm. Because, like for example, someone looks up to you, you don't want to you don't want to fail them. In, in In a way, you get what I'm saying,
1: yeah they'll they'll come up with a different opinion from you, yeah. like
0: like for Ranger school, like majority of the time that I went through, I didn't want to fail. it's not because i I didn't want the tab or it's because I didn't want to let my my wife down or Nellie down that that believed in me to actually pass school
1: mm-hmm.
0: so it's it's the it's when people hold you up to a high expectation, you try to raise your standards just a little bit higher,
1: mm-hmm. and speaking of expectation, you showing up to a unit with a tab you're bringing to the unit what are some things that that you're expecting from that unit like it's it's kind of like it's pretty different vague question but (laughs) i mean i think you know (laughs) what i'm trying to get here uh so it's like when you showed up to one-on-one you had a tab drum master qualified senior rated like what are some things that you expect when you showing up here
0: do what do i expect from the unit or from the unit um I didn't, I didn't really expect anything from the unit um because before I came up here I, I heard a lot of great things about the unit so I knew the the tempo was a little bit high mm-hmm. I was just worried about what the unit was going to expect from me given like if you look on paper like oh this guy's ranger tab jumpmaster pathfinder he's a ranger instructor so I was like okay now I got to like they took gotta their, live up to Yeah reputation. they took the resume they hired me. Here I am. So, yeah. so I I just gotta live up to that without like compromising who who I
1: am. So h- how were you when you got here and you you knew that everybody would expect you to be like on top of your shit.
0: <laughs> so, so when I got here, just like any other infantry man, uh, w- we always want to be the best. We always want to win. So whatever standard troop put out or whoever puts out, we were gonna do a little bit more, and we were gonna walk a little bit further faster than everyone else
1: okay but the, how did that change when you found out you're gonna be able to charge a whole bunch of calf scouts that will cry if you take away their truck
0: it didn't uh i there was a point where i talked about taking mark 19s and 50 cows up netzenberg uh i we couldn't do that so i, I ended up taking zodiacs up there oh yeah i remember that and then everyone was like oh this is not infantry uh why are we taking zodiacs
1: i was like because you're soldiers." Yeah, that makes sense. And you see a lot of time, a lot of time people are like, well, what? oh, my God. If you went to BLC today, you would lose your mind. <laughs> it's all them fat fucks saying, well, I'm not a combat MOS. I don't need to pass a PT test. Well, yeah. no. Yes, you do. So uh, I 100% agree with where, you, where you're coming from. Um, well, when you got here, I know some, like, first I just sat down with you and, and, and uh, talked to you about his expectations from you. Like, what were some some of those things? Like I'm trying to rec who <laughs> like <laughs> when you when you show up to the unit, right, your your boss tells you like, Hey, this is what I expect from you. Oh,
0: counseling, initial counseling. Yes, <laughs> yeah, sure. I didn't want to <laughs> get too army with it. Okay. Yeah. So got to the unit, first sergeant Connard was in the seat. Um so at that point I was still trying to get used to the unit. Came in, they said, Hey, we have gunnery I was like, Okay, here we go. First gunnery to, like I don't even know like Like, I never shot off a Humvee, like I I was (laughs) in a Bradley. Uh, Did our first gunnery. But anyways, first time canard, like, he just told me to pretty much take care of the the paratroopers and mission first.
1: Do you feel like you you met his expectations when you left the platoon?
0: No, no. um, I don't think uh, I left the platoon where I wanted them to be. Uh, you guys, like, er, like the platoon was great. Like, it
1: was great platoon. It was the best platoon in, in, in squadron, for sure.
0: I agree. Best platoon, squadron, everything. But, like, I, just like the team leader course that I said, like, I wish I probably started that during uh, when I was a platoon sergeant. Mm-hmm. But I didn't. I was just focused on um, training
1: and not not really just training, just, like, surviving. <laughs> and and so what, what do you what do you, why do you think you didn't meet the expectations when you left? No, it's
0: it's not like what people didn't achieve. Like we have like great NCOs promotable, everyone becoming like warrant officer, dudes going to special forces. But it's like me internally felt like I could have done more as a platoon sergeant in the development of the the NCO corps specifically.
1: Mm-hmm. And. What was your expectations when you moved when you when you told her you're gonna be a first sergeant? How did that how did that change everything? Because you were you were a platoon sergeant in charge of a whole <laughs> bunch of scouts, and like all of a sudden say hey you're gonna go back to being working with a whole bunch of infantry dudes and you're gonna be in charge of all of them. How was <laughs> all that?
0: Yeah, um, I I expected long nights, uh, a bunch of headaches. But DUIs every week. <laughs> yeah, DUIs, all this bad stuff. But when I did get to the best troop in the brigade, you It it wasn't it wasn't like that. Uh so I showed up, we had great platoon sergeants who made which made it a lot easier. Francis was there, so you uh, know, he said something everyone did
1: it, so it was it was a little bit easier. <laughs> he, he was pretty <laughs> yeah. he, he was pretty intense, but he was a great guy. Everybody loved him. Yeah, th- but
0: yeah, the the expectation, I was actually pretty nervous, and I told Sergeant Major, I was like, Sergeant Major for Dorson." I was like, hey, uh, I just got down to a platoon sergeant deal, like, I, I just figured out how to be a platoon sergeant, and he was like, yeah, that's how you know it's time for you to become a first sergeant, <laughs> and then he threw me in there, and I had to figure it
1: out. I mean, I don't know, I'm, to be honest with you, I don't know if I could go back, and I don't think I w- there was nobody else that w- would have filled in those shoes that had, like, the time that you h- had here, to be honest.
0: No, uh... Right now I've seen sign of he's he's pretty great. I still see the platoon every once in a while. Which is pretty cool. But yeah, I, I think they'll do th- they
1: do great. Yeah. Um so back to the whole uh Ranger Ranger School or Ranger tab thing. And expectations. Like what what is you, you look you find out you get an incoming soldier, you find out that he has a tab. What are what are some things that you were expecting from that guy as soon as he shows up? All right, so
0: Good thing I got two guys from four through nineteen. One was a mechanic, and one was a medic. Yeah, that's that's pretty. That's <laughs> pretty awesome. Yeah, both both reclass, and they're both great soldiers too, great parachuters. Uh, I just I talked to him. I was like, hey, um, I see him as infantryman, mm-hmm. and I and I, I don't s- I see the ranger tab, but what I what I really do see is what they do every day. All right, so if you do PT, do PT hard, lead from the front. So. I wouldn't say the ranger tab. It doesn't matter, ranger tab or no ranger tab. I'm gonna look at them as as performance wise, but
1: he should be great. Yeah, the cool thing about those two guys is is like they have that extra experience. Like, <laughs> like the the uh, the one of the that was a medic. He can he can easily teach the guys medical stuff for. He's just like that m- much more of an asset. The dude that's out of tab, he can yeah. <laughs> he can fix your truck for you yeah. <laughs> if he tra- his truck breaks down. You can, he can fix it. That's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I told him every Monday he needs to take charge of that
1: 5988. <laughs> as far as him, like first I'm sorry, I've been doing this for my entire career until now, and I'm done with maintenance.
0: Uh, yeah, he does not want to touch track. Well, the good thing about him is they're both hungry, so yeah. they both want to go to sniper selection
1: because they both got shit to prove. Yeah, they. They got they got to prove, because like, everybody else looking at him like, who the fuck is this guy? He got a tab, but he was a fucking mechanic.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're a threat. Definitely yeah. a threat to to everyone else. Yeah.
1: Sniper selection, huh? Yeah. Damn. Are they both doing it? I know
0: Como is doing it. Near is not doing it. Mm.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's that's cool. He has BLC. Yeah. That's not really BLC online. That should piss <laughs> me off. The g- I graduated, and then like the next class after me had BLC for like what, like eight days, <laughs> and then. Not that BLC is hard, but it's just annoying.
0: Now you got it's two laptops up.
1: Yeah. <laughs> It's pretty annoying. Um <coughs> right. And you you go back to when you when we first showed up to the unit, you've been your entire career working with infantry guys and you find out that you're gonna be a platoon sergeant for a whole bunch of nineteen deltas in a truck. Right. I mean how how was that? Like how how did you take that? And like <laughs> but w- w- what what you what did you expect when you coming over here
0: yeah so when i first got here i was expecting uh to be in the infantry troop that is here but the slots were already taken uh so sergeant major frankel told me that he's going to put me in one of the mounted troops and it still counts as platoon sergeant time i was like okay so i went down there and everyone was was 19 delta which is brand new to me different mindset yeah
1: um
0: with especially we with had,
1: we had like two guys two guys between the infantry i think it was like Havili and donnie yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then they happily
0: left to be a sniper. And yeah, Donnie was was my driver. Yeah, getting it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was it was a big culture shift. Uh, for example, like I always wanted to take the 240 everywhere, and everyone's like, "Oh, we don't take the 240." I was Wait, like, "Who is
1: everyone though? Who who, who? would say that?" Oh Sergeant
0: House, Siren House, Burns, <laughs> Boswell. They're like, "We don't take the 240." I was like, "We're gonna dismount the 240." <laughs> Which Fuck yeah, <laughs> Yeah, so every every time we went, we dismount 240, which later on I find out is the wrong answer. Like I said, I'm not a subject matter expert, but if if you think reconnaissance, um,
1: you definitely don't want to take the 240. Uh, I think you'd want to take it like maybe a saw.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely saw. That's why C-Troop has saws and we don't have 240s because uh, of displacement. It's faster without a 240. Yeah. Unless so you
1: have like a dude like kills you just janks <laughs> that shit,
0: <laughs> but I was lucky because I had Sergeant House, had Sergeant Boweswell Burns, and then O'Brien and Olsen. and they'll just give me advice like, "Hey Sergeant, we probably should just leave that and do this." And I was like, "You know what? Yeah, you're right." And then we ended up doing that, so, so it was a little bit easier because I had like great NCOs there, like yeah. telling me what to do.
1: I remember, I remember, remember that. It was your last 18-miler with, with Bulldog. And when we went to the – we rucked out to the range, shot, and then came <laughs> back. And you're like, hey, Gomez, you want to carry the 240? And I'm like, I really don't want to say no, but <laughs> I'll carry if you want me to. He's like, all right. And here we are doing 18-miles and gums carrying a 240. And then I'm not the only one sucking because we were the only platoon that brought AT4s. <laughs> we brought tripods we <laughs> brought all kinds of crazy shit, and it, i mean we're the only platoon doing that stuff but it, it kind of just like set everybody else set us apart from everybody else Cause yeah at that time everybody knew that third platoon was the hardest platoon in in squadron
0: yeah and it wasn't it wasn't because we're trying to be hard it was just a i was trying to shift the mindset of doing things just because we're doing it so i was like if we're gonna do an 18 miler Let's load out as if we're actually going on a mission. So let's take the AT4s, take the 240s, take the tripods, and then see how how the the load feels over eighteen miles, and People even th- even the walking back with the nods, like put your nods on <laughs> your face the whole time. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> it was. <laughs> I knew the guys are mad, but I was trying to shift the norm to become we like that's the new norm.
1: We get it was a new norm, but you were leaving. Yes. <laughs> We we get on we we cross the gates and get on post and light everywhere light poles everywhere and we're walking with a whole bunch of like a bunch of dumbass with their nods on can't see shit yeah you gotta focus it yeah
0: yeah but a good thing is that when I got over the C troop um, they were already in that mindset mm-hmm. uh, so the only difference is is they did uh, a shoe house right after the twelve miler uh, so we'll we'll walk out come back and then hit the shoe house that that's behind old troop. Mm-hmm. We'll do uh Balgio Six right there and then that's the end of our twelve mile.
1: That's pretty dope. That's good that's dope. Um and we'll move on. Uh but when it comes to leadership, right, everybody has their version without digging into the into the regulation and the FM, right? Everybody has their version of good leadership. Like what is good leadership for you without digging into the without, FM. Uh,
0: Can I Google it? <laughs> Um, I ask I ask this question all the time in the board, uh, like, and I just do the normal use your own words. Uh, so I'm gonna use my own words. Uh, and either way, I asked a lot of people, a lot of leaders on like, hey, what is leadership? The answer is always the same. It's always influencing uh, people or inspiring people to become greater than what they think they they can become. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, that drives majority of my decisions that i make on on growth so leadership is is inspiration or inspiring or influencing Mm
1: -hmm. and when when you think of a good leader what are some attributes that you you usually look for um got him
0: (laughs) yeah i'm trying to figure out because when you talk about attributes just nope, so no, so regulation, arty, you know? no regulation, no um, regulation. Like
1: qualities, like what are good leadership qualities that you look for in a good leader besides being able to influence? Because I, t- I
0: would say the the ability to relate is that relate, communicate, yeah, yeah, yeah communicate, have empathy, definitely empathy. Empathy was uh, one of the big things I always try to. Well, hard you never part. had
1: empathy for us. I but did. You did 18 miles. All right, you got five minutes in there MRE. Then we're gonna go. It was back just to tough
0: love. <laughs> it was just tough love, but. Yeah, definitely uh, communication, like relating to Mm -hmm. someone. You remember, like before this started, I said I talk to people differently based on how that person is. Yeah. And it's hard. Because you
1: you can't treat me the same way that you would treat this other guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because everybody's different. I get what you're saying.
0: Yeah, like I talk to my wife different from like how I talk to you. If I talk to her army, I say, what are you talking about?
1: Yeah. Or you can just teach her army. Nah, she doesn't want to learn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and what about what about a bad leader? Cuz again, everybody has their own version of a bad and toxic leader. Like what is a bad leader for you? A bad leader uh
0: everything revolves around them pretty much. So
1: like you I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: was <laughs> like, "What? Uh no. So everything if like, if I tell to tell someone to do something or it, it has to benefit me or just demeaning or belittling someone. Uh I I tell this story all the time because when I was when I was coming up, I had a I had a sign first class that straight told me that I'll never make sign first class. I remember that. I remember you yeah. told me And this. I and I tell people all this like like this story all the time because words have words have power and words have a lot of meaning. Depends on who you, who you say it to. So I, I took that and then, I was uh, originally I tried to prove him wrong, and then it just switched over to I'm trying to prove myself that I, I'm right mm-hmm. type thing. So I'm I'm doing it for myself, not him. But yeah, he taught me a great lesson that uh, you gotta watch what you say to people because it has a big impact on
1: yeah. On them. And w- w- uh, were you like a were you like a private at the time or?
0: No, nah, I was a sergeant that drank a lot <laughs> and. <laughs> I missed formation a couple
1: times. Where is this for uh Fort Hood? No,
0: nah, it's Fort Bliss. Uh oh. yeah. I got Arc fifteen. I was just going down the rabbit hole at the time. Yeah.
1: And it's just I mean what made you what made you realize that you need to figure your shit out and, and, and change how you do th- do things?
0: So I was with uh with Nelly in Fort Bliss. Mm-hmm. Uh we lived in an apartment. It was independent places. We weren't married, so we had an apartment. I had a car, I had a credit card, and I had two cell phones. And then I got an article 15. And then during the article 15, I lost a half month's pay for two months. And then it got to a point where I was counting pennies and, and nickels and dimes from the drawer just to buy a little Caesar for us to eat. Yeah. And we're, because I had no money, I had like one paycheck and it went out to bills. And then I got kicked out of the apartment because I couldn't pay it because I had to buy food. And then I slept at a buddy's house. And then I donated plasma uh, twice a week. I got a hundred. cash. Yeah, to get cash just so I could, like, eat. And it was rock bottom. I, I want to say that was rock bottom for me. And then just taking another person down with me, I felt, felt pretty shitty. And you know, uh, you know what they say: best best homes are are built on rock bottom because it's a solid foundation. Yeah. To never try to go back there. So, everything I do, I do it for my family now.
1: W- was, did your wife make make a? Well, your wife now that she was she like big part on 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 you making a comeback from that.
0: Oh yeah, she was with you the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let show me. Oh yeah. Again. You see, I don't eat the crust of the pizza, but I definitely ate the whole crust and everything. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah she, she stood uh beside me the whole time, and then I knew she was the one, so I married her. That's awesome, dude. How long have you guys been married now? Oh, uh, man, that's a that's a harder question than all the uh, other ones. I hope she listens to this. <laughs> now nah, we've been married 11 years.
1: Okay. Yeah, I mean, th- uh, I think I think for that kind of stuff is, is all about how you come back, because you could have just, like, kept going down. And you see all the time, dudes, they'll mess up. They'll get ARC-15s, get demoted, DOI, whatever the case is, and they'll just... Oh, come back. Oh, I w- I went down. Yeah, me me and you are <laughs> perfect examples of that. You know, you know <laughs> oh what I'm talking yeah. about.
0: I did have one sergeant first class. Uh, he retired first sergeant. Uh, he was sergeant first class Bruss at the time. Uh, we were in NTC, and we're in a truck. And he, I still remember this because he looked at me. was like, "Hey, one day you're gonna be a great leader, man. You just gotta straighten your shit out." I was like, "Roger that, sergeant." Dude, that's kind of the same shit you told me.
1: That <laughs> uh, uh, me and you, me and you, first on probably sat down and and talked in the in the. In the mm-hmm. in his office, and you told me that same shit, and it's it's all about how you come back, and that's something that I learned from that. Mm-hmm. Just don't let you lo- don't let you do your mistakes define you, but like own them and come back from every single thing. And right. I mean that's that's basically what it is.
0: Yeah, I remember giving you videos too. I was like, oh yeah. Yeah. watch, <laughs> watch <laughs> this, man. Let me know. How <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that's 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 awesome. Uh, but as a first sergeant, right, you have. A shit ton of NCOs, mm-hmm. that, that that you got to take care of. Right, you got three to four platoon sergeants, a whole bunch of team leaders, a whole bunch of squad leaders. Like, how how do you maximize their talents, the way that they're like?
0: So, before I shift any Manning or any like NCOs within the troop or or Joes, because I don't work directly with them. The only time I really see them is when I come out of my office or during live fires. Mm-hmm. So I just talked to the platoon sergeants, and I'm like, hey, this is what I'm thinking. Hey, let me know if it sounds kind of crazy. And then they'll be like, oh, hey, no, this person doesn't work well with this person. So I don't I, – I sort of manage it, but I I use the, the advice from my my platoon sergeants to, to make changes. Mm-hmm. And, and that goes for everything, flag detail, whatever detail comes up. I'm like, hey, this is what I'm thinking. What do you guys think? And then they just tell me what they think, and then I usually meet halfway or just take their advice if it's a little bit better.
1: Mm-hmm. And when it comes to manning, right, you know we're on a tight manning. We've been on a tight manning for <laughs> like three years. And a good example of that is the one I say, and I was, is the, the sniper selection that your company is holding.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Put yourself, not as the first sergeant, but as the <laughs> platoon sergeant of one of the other troops. How would you react to one of your soldiers wanting to go to the sniper section and want to try out for the snipers? Like, would you allow him to do it? Would, would, uh, how would you feel about that? So, I know you're gonna be biased because you're.
0: No, I this this is easy because when I was a platoon sergeant, I had a lot of people wanting to go places. Uh, first sergeant taking all my best guys, taking them to over to the other platoons, so it was easy. It was e- it, it's it's an easy uh, answer for me. So how I break it down is, so First Iron Cameron, uh, he, he, he told me in a better way. First you gotta look at the needs of the Army first, and then the the soldier. So if Manning is, uh, if, you're, if you're able to lose a person, then you could lose them. But if Manning is like your thing, you gotta keep them, then you have to keep them. Mm-hmm. Because it may benefit the soldier to go to sniper selection, and then get selected, and it help the the unit. I mean, the the section out and the squadron. But you're overall destroying the platoon. Okay. If that makes any sense. It, ma- it makes sense. But like, if you could afford them, I wouldn't see why. If you could afford to lose them, I wouldn't hold them back.
1: But that's like it's just like, because when have we ever been overmanned? Like we always been sucking for manning. For the past three years I've been here, we always sucked for manning.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, so well like there, there's a there's another line of where, like, no, I really suck at Manning. <laughs> there's there's a line. Trust me.
1: I think I, we've been at that line for a long time, even I, though we did have a lot of dudes in our platoon.
0: I did. I did uh, Troop Calfax with, like, 60-some people, and I have, like, 80-some or, like, 83 guys in in the troop. It's just I sacrificed a lot of guys to go to EIB. Mm-hmm. I sent uh, 10 guys at EIB with four graders, and mind you, this is during – my, our evaluation as a as a troop, mm-hmm. and majority how many got, of those
1: guys were NCOs. And how many guys got got yeah got their EIBs? Three. Does that piss you off?
0: No, I'm just glad if one got it, I'll be great. Like I'm happy because I understand EIB is hard. Mm-hmm. I'm just glad someone got it. Uh, the other guys, I did EIB three times, mm-hmm. so I I'll, those guys hey, that's just more reps right there for you. Yeah, but yeah, Manning's a, a issue right now and. If they could afford to lose him and send him?
1: I don't know. I think different, cause I maybe maybe I'm not in the in the in like the part where like I care more about the development of of my dudes mm-hmm. instead of of the overall mission of the army. Cause mm-hmm. I th- I feel like me as as their team leader as their NCO, I'm I'm supposed to be there for them, right? Like no. they they are they are my main priority. But it kind of makes sense the way you put it when it comes to like. Balancing out.
0: No, you should like that is your job as a team leader. Like you don't need to understand big army priority. That is, that is definitely the first sergeant's job. If I if I send all my guys to Rangers, I mean sniper selection, and my my troop is going to Saber Junction, then I failed my troop.
1: Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
0: You you focus you
1: focus. You people. failed the troop, but you did not fail the guys that went. You know it yeah. depends. I don't know. It's very, uh, it's very controversial, I guess. Um,
0: That's like doing team live fire. You have three guys. Yeah. Two guys want to go sniper selection. Now you only got one guy to do team live fire with.
1: Yeah, so (laughs) adjust.
0: Just (laughs) you and him bounding through.
1: (laughs) Just me and him clearing a bunker, (laughs) clearing a POW site, bowjo six in a house. Yeah, it's all about timing. There's always going to be another sniper selection.
0: There's always going to be another ranger assessment. Yeah. There's always gonna be another saber junction, always. Exactly.
1: That's what I'm saying. There's gonna be another saber junction. So, saber junction is it. once a year. Not, so sniper selection It's like once a quarter. Nah, there's only been two of them. <laughs> yeah. that I've been here. This is gonna be my third one, and it's kind of upset that I'm bouncing. And it's gonna happen. All right. Yeah. So sniper <laughs> selection, you're out. That you're out. That you're on the the for the board interview that they do. What are some things that you're looking for in those guys that want to come to your troop and work for you and work for this section? So I normally just ask, uh, so I asked uh,
0: Staff Sergeant Goner. I was like, hey, what do you want your sniper guys to look like? What do you want them to, to have and, and all this stuff? So whatever feedback he gives me, then that's what I'm going to be looking for.
1: Does it help whenever you're, whenever like for example, I want to do it and you already know me. Because you were my platoon sergeant, does it help when you know that person that's coming for the selection, or you think it'll kind of look like it's favoritism? No, I
0: I treat everyone the same. If you go to ranger assessment, majority of the people that lined up in my line for ranger assessment is my like my troop or my or my platoon when I was uh, B troop. Yeah. I failed all of them. <laughs> Actually, I didn't <laughs> fail them; they failed themselves when yeah. they didn't go all the way down. I was like, dude, you need you need to go lower. You need to lock your elbows out. Yeah, And then they got mad at me, They're like, oh, uh, you failed our our guys. I was like, no, nah, man, they failed themselves. Yeah, You, you got to be able to turn it on and off.
1: Yeah, you go back, speaking of the old platoon, you go back, it's just crazy how a lot different it is. It's a whole different platoon.
0: Yeah, I, m- I was meaning to
1: stop by. I usually stop by every once You're in gonna a while. You're going to stop by there. There's going to be nobody that you know besides Wilder, Warner, and 3rd Platoon. Yeah, that's about it. Oh, that's good. Now I'm gonna stop by and see Wilder and Warner. You better <laughs> come by before I leave. I got like what? This is my last week. My last week at work. All right, and then to close it up, um it's it's uh it's re- this is a reason why I started my podcast, right? It's I just wanna be able to, to talk to people and hear their story, hear their input, hear what they think about leadership, and also to kind of like have guys or and and gals that are struggling with making m- being a leader they're struggling they are still learning they're new leaders whatever and i made this podcast so like they can talk to more experienced people like you like first sergeant pumphrey like uh, other other guests that i have on the show but if you could tell one thing to that one person that's struggling they're at a wall they can't figure out a way to climb over it what is something that you tell them to motivate them and push them so they can figure things out. I know you got something, because you <laughs> send me some shit all the time.
0: No. Um, I, w- I would tell them, trust the process. I know that sounds so vague, but that that's life. Uh, anything we do in life, it, it's always going to be hard, because life is hard. Uh, f- for example, working out. You, you could work out for like, Two weeks, you barely will see any results. Mm-hmm. But you gotta trust in, in, in the process, and continue to work out and be consistent and be disciplined. And then over time, you you actually see your results. And you apply that to anything in life, uh, school. Constantly do the homeworks, do the studies. Eventually, one day you're gonna be graduating. And that's 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 with anything. Running, constantly continue to run. So if you use that, trust the process. Trust in yourself and keep pushing. I'm pretty sure that, that you're going to be great. And that's the same thing with this podcast right here. All right, Just trust the process. Continue to interview people. Continue to inspire. And it will grow to, to something bigger. Probably something you didn't even imagine it's going to get to. Mm-hmm. So just continue to trust the process and keep pushing.
1: All right. Well, Smitty, I appreciate you coming on the show. I, I uh, do have one more thing to say. Gotta go ahead.
0: Say it. Say it. All right. So I, first, all, I want to thank you. For, for having me on the show. Uh, I usually watch a lot of podcasts and listen to a lot of stuff, and it's crazy how how far that, that this could actually reach. Mm-hmm. So thanks for, for for hearing me out and, and letting your fans hear me. Uh, second, I want to thank everyone that got me to this point, all the NCOs. I had a lot of great NCOs, great subordinates uh, that did a lot of hard work. I just got recognized for it and got promoted for it. So I want to thank everyone, but I want to thank my family back home. My mom. I gotta give a shout out to everyone. Come <laughs> on, don't, don't give me that look. I I want to thank my mom. Uh, great, great. Uh, a lot. I learned a lot of great lessons from her on how to be a great person, resilient, and continue to trust in God. Um. I want to thank my Damn. my wife, Nelly. I I got to thank her, man. I'm not going to eat br- like dinner if I don't thank don't <laughs> her. Uh, she's always beside me, and she keeps pushing me. Ar- every school I go to, she's always there to continue to push. So I want to thank her for that, and obviously my kids for keeping me on my toes.
1: Yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. It's been an honor to talk to you. It's been an honor working with you for the past three years. I remember you probably going, showing up to, 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 to the third platoon office, and uh, you're going to be missed. I know the squad is going to miss you, but they're probably going to miss me more. <laughs> but but yeah, I appreciate you coming on the show. I Appreciate you, you you sharing some time with me and and sharing some experiences with listeners. No, yeah,
0: anytime.